Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Hey there, welcome to Yolitics. This is the hangover episode, and it's almost too nice, man. We're a, a nice I, air-conditioned place. I'm telling you, comfy I'm, chairs. I'm like, I'm t- I keep trying to take my shoes off, like I'm that comfortable, like just take them off, getting man. set in here. Okay, I'll take yeah. them off. Uh, and we have beers and we have lots of guests and this is I, I said we should just do this all the time and just be right here These are the these are like theater chairs. Our bosses are way too close to us though So we can't yeah do that it. ruins it. Yeah, we, we can't do this here uh, all the time so this is the hangover episode after the 2022 midterm election and uh, This beer I'm gonna go ahead and crack it open now because I, I've been waiting for it forever It's, it's like warming up now. I see you have two. Of them. I have two. I have the spindle tap uh, the proper pills from spindle tap Okay. And uh, this is from Houston. But as I crack this open, what do you have, man? I'm having a Carbach, uh, which is also, isn't it from the Houston area? Uh, at this point, after this night, I'm good with it, whatever, wherever it's from. Uh, but yeah, Houston, Texas, which makes a lot of sense because it's the Crawford Bach and it's got the Houston Astros, the Astros star on it. And this is uh, one for them for winning the World Series. So let's introduce our guests that we have. We have uh, a panelist of guests that we're going to talk to to help kind of make sense of, of what we saw on election night in Texas. We have Bernadine Steptoe, the political producer, longtime political producer at WFAA in Dallas. Jessica Huzman is the former lead elections reporter for ProPublica. And she is now the editorial director for VoteBeat.org. And Bud Kennedy, longtime columnist for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. And he told us just before we went on, this is his 50th election. 50th year. 50th, 50th year. 50th election. Congratulations, Bud. is really, really I old. I covered my first election when I was a high school a college kid that they pressed into the duty and sent out to a state senator's victory party. It turned out he lost. <laughs> and, uh, so that was 1972 was the year it all started. So, Bud, you were uh, around and covering this the stuff. The beer we, was cheaper. We, yeah, that beer a lot, right? <laughs> the beer was cheaper, and the races were competitive. And a lot of times in statewide races, you saw a Democrat win way back. There were then. Democrats winning for a long time, and that was when the Tarrant County Senate seat, which flipped off and on for 40 years, really, until they redrew it. This cycle, that's been a swing seat. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time it swung from a Democrat to a Republican. Hmm. And it con- continued to swing back and forth all these 50 years until this year. But Look, the, uh, you know, you ought to bring some Fort Worth beer in here and have some raw. Bring some to us next but time. You, know. you came yeah. from Fort Worth. Oh, bring yeah, my own. Next okay, time. so it's bring my own. I get <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, BYOB, but bring us some as well, too. <laughs> hey, so let's zoom out on, on what we saw on election night. Um, I, I, at the end of our newscast in Dallas, Fort Worth, I mentioned that the Republicans smoked the Democrats. And a buddy of mine, a Democrat, texted me right after it and corrected me. He said, no, it was a bloodbath is what it was. Smoke was too nice. Smoked was way too nice, he said. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, describe it how you how you want to describe it. Jessica, let me ask you, how, how would you describe what we saw with the Republicans winning in Texas, the statewide seats at least, because... The polls thought it might be high single digits. This ended up being 10, 12, 13 points. Oh, goodness. You know, I'm just going to go ahead and open this beer. <laughs> um, you know, it was it was a heck of a night for Texas Republicans. I mean, I, we, I was on your program just a few days ago talking about how this was a pretty boring election and there there seemed to be some sort of like patina of excitement for democrats going into this election and i just don't think that it 
I don't think it materialized. Mm -hmm. um, Beto O'Rourke is is a thrice failed candidate, it would seem. Well, let me ask out of the gate, what happens to Beto now? Because a lot of people are asking that question right now. He can't run for anything else, I, I, I wouldn't think, considering he has failed three times. But he oh. raises money very well. He's the man can raise money. Um, so, you know, I mean, is there a place in politics for Beto right now? Well, no, like, I, I don't see a place that he could like actually run for logistically and, and make that successful. I don't know that it means that he is out of politics forever. I wouldn't, I mean, I think that he is too much of a naturally gifted politician to count him out for the long haul. and. There are some Texans that will kind of roll their eyes and guffaw at me calling him a naturally gifted politician, but I mm. think it's just true. So um, I think he's going to be here for a while. We'll see where he ends up. Well, it's not impossible, you know. I mean, we're um, you know at the halfway point of the Biden administration. A lot of times you'll see churn in an administration at that halfway point. It's not altogether impossible that we might not see him land a role somewhere there. Yeah, maybe in a, a, a cabinet secretary or something like that. What, and that's what you, just me saying something. But if it happens, that's me being the first one to say it. <laughs> what do you think, Bernadine? What happens to Beto O'Rourke Well, next? he could become a, a cabinet secretary because he can raise money and he knows how to campaign. Unfortunately, he's campaigning and running for office in a state that's Republican. And uh, the Republicans at this point are not ready to throw out their incumbents. So he would be excellent as a, a cabinet member in, in a Democratic administration, get out, campaign for the candidates, and raise money for the candidates. So I think he has a future. He just doesn't have a future today. Mm. Remember that in politics, there's nothing definite. And, and at this point, he is a two-time loser in national politics and statewide. But he is not a loser in terms of, of the appeal that he has to Democrats. Mm. But you, you know what struck me, Bud, and we talked about it just a little bit. He didn't do any better statewide than Lupe Valdez did. I say Lupe Valdez. Most people are like, who the hell's Lupe Valdez? Yeah. She's the former sheriff of Dallas County who ran as the gubernatorial nominee for Democrats in 2018. And she got defeated by, what, 13 percentage points. That's what happened tonight with Greg Abbott and Beto O'Rourke. He raised all this money and yet didn't do any better, but he came into this race with all, everything going against him. It's str yeah. structurally a Republican cycle with a, a, a Democratic president in the White House, first term. I mean, the Democrats really did not expect to do anything other than hold on to their current uh, offices. They didn't expect to flip any seats this time. Definitely not the Texas governor's office. So, you know, this this was a, not going to be a Democratic election in any way. So he came in uh, you know, swimming against the tide. And then, you know, right away from the last two elections, particularly his national race, he had a 50 percent, you know, unapproval rating. His approval rating, 50 percent of Texans didn't like him, yeah. you know, before the election. You know, if you're trying to win an election with 50 percent and 50 percent of the voters already don't like you, where do you go from there? Yeah, Jason was saying uh, something to that effect that, you know, I can't believe, you know, with his name recognition that he was, you know, performed the same as Lupe Valdez, who had no name recognition across this state. But my point to that was he has name recognition, but a lot of people in this state, when they hear that name, uh, immediately grimace. They don't like it. And, you know, it, what's worse, to, to not be known by a big part of the electorate or to be known and, and have half of them not like you? He's no, become he, more of a punchline this cycle. We saw that on SNL the other night. Mm. He was a punchline in their skit about 
Democratic candidates, and so people, oh, Beto, you know. So <laughs> the, uh, he was one of the too. scary, scary sights on Halloween. Exactly. It's, it's, uh, he's just, you know, he, he's a little bit damaged right now. He is a good retail politician, yeah. and Patrick might be better, but you know, you know, but yeah. Beto's a good retail politician. He'll wind up. We, we talked about cabinet secretaries. Julian Castro was taken to Washington because he couldn't win a statewide race. Yeah. The same thing may happen to Beto. Keep in mind what Bernadine. Anytime you say keep not. in mind, we know it's legit. When she says that, well, <laughs> yeah. you know what? You know, you know yeah. you better listen. Do not dismiss the the issues that were playing against him and Democrats. You had inflation; he had no control over. You had uh, immigration. Now, it, no Democrat was going to win that at this point because Abbott has 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 he's done a good job as making that a Republican issue. But you have inflation, you had uh, Roe versus Wade, which Democrats uh, uh, embraced, but not necessarily all these Republicans. So it's, it, I think that he came in with the, with the low approval rating, but it just wasn't Beto. Mm -hmm. It was national politics. It was, it was Biden. It was a number of things that he had no control over. You know what I don't get, though, is you, you look at this latest survey by... Uh, uh, I think it was, is it UT Texas Tribune that does the polls? Uh, and, you know, they ask a lot of different questions. And one of the questions they ask is, is the state headed in the right direction? UT Tyler, uh, is the state headed in the right direction? The last one they did not long ago, the vast majority of people said no. And, and, yeah. and they were very specific about the question, you know, like, you know, tune out, you know, the, the national situation. What about Texas? Is Texas on the right track? The vast majority of people said no. Even a th more than a third of Republicans said no, and yet you don't see any change in leadership in Texas. What do you make of that, Jessica? Not only do you not see a change in the top leadership, they've been given sort of a mandate, an even bigger margin in some cases than they got the last time. You know, I, I, I think a couple of things. I think one, um, that the results tonight and the comparison that was made between Lupe Valdez's margin of success versus uh, versus Beto O'Rourke's is is I think proves this point, which is that Texas I think is less of a um, excited partisan state than a very partisan state. You know, I, I I think that people have more or less made up their minds about Greg Abbott and they knew who they were gonna vote for six months ago and a year before that and a year mm. before that. And 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 you know, we've really become entrenched in Texas for for a long time. Um, and you know, maybe Beto does need to go hang out on the um, you know, in the minors. At, hmm. a, at a uh, at a federal cabinet yeah. level position yeah. and and yeah. hang out until Texas blues out a little bit, but um, <laughs> you know I it, it, it it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting night. I, I think that it says less about a mandate for Republicans than it does the lack of enthusiasm for Democrats in Texas. In this environment though, uh, just real quickly, since there was so much speculation about this, would Matthew McConaughey have done better? Mm -mm. Remember, everybody was wondering about that. No. Oh, no, I don't think so. Because I'm still going to go to the national impact. So you had, and, and, and the question that the you- The national issues that you were- The national the, issues. The inflation well, and so forth, well, yes, the economy. Yes, and, I, and, and the question that you just asked, saying that, okay, um, voters or, or the poll, the people who were part of the poll said that the state was going the wrong 
that's national. I think that they were looking at... But they told at, them in that question, like, just think about Texas. Come on now. Yeah. Never uh, people don't listen to the question. Come on, come on, Wheeler. Come on now, man. Now you really know to listen. Jason, in one of those polls, if you read down in the poll, uh, they got into, you know, who do you blame for the things that right. are wrong? Yeah. They don't blame Greg Abbott no. for the Supreme Court decision on abortion. Right. They don't blame Greg Abbott for uvality. You know, that wasn't really, uh, uh, you know, didn't didn't directly involve the changes in Texas gun laws. Right. You know, they don't blame Greg Abbott really for the blackouts. Yeah. Uh, you know, although. And that wasn't considered a huge issue in right. that poll either, which which sort of surprised me because Beto O'Rourke spent so, so much of his campaign on that. My question is, though, since we've seen these margins expanding uh, as you go down ballot with lieutenant governor and uh, attorney general, et cetera, we know that the lieutenant governor is the most powerful position in Texas. He decides, you know, what the legislature is going to do. How much red meat, how much Republican red meat are we going to see in this next legislative session? Because the last one was attack much further to the right than what we had seen before. Jessica? You know, I... I don't want to say that Republicans may have gone too far in the last legislative cycle because I clearly they didn't. Mm. I mean, like they won, they were they won pretty handily tonight. Clearly, nobody's that mad um, mm. about you know their their position in the state. But I do think that that some of their antics in the last legislative cycle got a little bit old for folks, mm. and and I think that there's a real sense of. Uh, kind of being overwhelmed with the vitriol of politics. And so I, I don't know that it's that that Republicans aren't, aren't going to be particularly successful or where they go from here, but I but I do think that that like they're they're going to have to bring it back a little bit closer to the middle because this was a very good election for Texas Republicans, but long term polling and and sort of long-term demographic projections suggest that it's going to get closer in the next couple of years and i just don't think given that we're we only get a legislative session every two years but they're in those off years they're in those 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 odd numbered years and we have short memories uh, as an electorate perhaps and as you said maybe some people were upset about what happened last time but by the time that even-numbered year rolls around, they when will, you have an election, it's moved all on. forgotten. Maybe they've all they've me, all moved on. By then, they're they're ready for their appetite has been has has been starved. For, let, let's go down. Can. Let's go down the line here. I want to ask this question about Democrats. This I think, in the last 22 years, 25 years, is probably the best single ballot that Democrats have been able to put together up and down the ballot. They've been able to raise money. They've had legitimate people inside, you know, running for these these positions. The fact they couldn't do any better, bud, surprises me that they couldn't win somewhere up and down that statewide ballot. Does that surprise you at all? You know, uh, but what's happened is that Texas has grown so much. So many people have moved to the state that, that this is Republicans moving to Texas and voting Republican. These are people who came here for, for you know, what they saw as inexpensive housing and a big plot of land and freedom and liberty and the things that, that Texans stand for. You know, I go back again in history, I, you know, and when Ann Richards lost to George W. Bush the second time, everybody thought, oh, that's terrible. Ann Richards got more votes the second time she was in the election than she did the first time. But Texas had grown so much, mm-hmm. the economy had been so strong, she'd brought so many people to the state, 
a lot of those people voted Republican and turned her out of office. The same thing happens to Democrats. And Bernadine, let me bring you and ask you the same thing. Mike Collier, he, he finished within five points four years ago. Former Republican. Former Republican. Uh, he, he got some Republicans to switch over and vote for him. You had Jay Clayberg, who was running for uh, land commissioner. Susan Hayes running for agriculture commissioner. They, they had a solid group of people running. The Democrats did. And it, it, it's surprising to me they didn't get any traction on that. And the numbers show they went the opposite way compared to 2018. Well, I, I, I think, again, again, look at the issues. Even Just bad timing for Democrats because the, uh, the the midterm election when you have a Democrat in the White House? Is that no, it? I don't think that's necessarily the reason, uh, um, with the exception that Biden is not popular. Mm. And, um, and, and, the, and the Texas voters just were not willing to, to, to turn over Texas to the Democrats under yeah. a Biden administration. But um, I, because if, if we were to look back before the gas prices went up, before the uh, inflation, before the price of food increased, mm. then the Democrats probably would have had a better chance. Mm. But now they're looking at their pocketbook. I, I think that it's always about the economy. And that's what happened now. And, and Texas voters were not willing to take a chance on somebody who was not a proven candidate. Mm. So, so we talked about the, the uh, statewide results for Democrats. Let's talk about South Texas, because a lot of folks were thinking the three congressional seats in South Texas might be a place where Republicans sweep. They, they said did. they would sweep. They, they, they expected they to sweep. They talked too much. The, <laughs> <laughs> the Republicans talked too much. So at, at the end of the day, they ended up winning one. Well, as we come up, on here, up, you know, right now, seats. it's still, you know, some of that vote's still being sorted out. At the end out. of election day, the end of the day. Yeah, the, but the it looks day. like, yeah, okay, that's good. <laughs> I like that. I like that. using that. Uh, yeah. yeah. But it looks Flores like what happened was they had, they had two Democratic seats going in. They had one Republican seat. It looks like that one Republican seat is losing, but another one that was Democrat is becoming Republican. So, in other words, it's a it's you know dead even uh, where it was before uh, tonight. Is that is that a loss for Republicans? Because I mean, Governor Abbott held his watch party down there in McAllen. Uh, Hidalgo County was bright blue on that map, uh, as was most uh, most of the valley. Again, can Republicans uh, feel good about that? Uh, and, and can Democrats think, well, there's our silver lining right there. We didn't get totally eroded away uh, down in the valley even more as we had been you know, seeing that trend the past couple of cycles, Jessica? You know, I, I think that it is a loss for Republicans. I think that, you know, the, the Republicans have been talking a big game about a big sweep mm -hmm. nationally that mm -hmm. is not as true as they wanted it to be. Certainly they did better than Democrats, but also it's a midterm year and, and Democrats won the White House two years ago and history suggests that this was going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. But this is not that far off of what we would expect historical precedent to be. And I think that given the politics of the state, given current polling, I am surprised that Republicans, I mean, and I, and I know that this, this is gonna sound so discouraging to the Republicans watching, I'm like, you won by 10 points, well, you should have done better, right? But, but, I, but no, I, I think, that the, but, but, but really I think it's the picking up of seats uh, and their their inability to do that at a, at a higher rate. So a status I, quo, you know, down there, you know, still walking away with one seat. Is a the loss. status quo, as you well, were saying, Bernadine, then, where you have the same state offices and, you know. And keep in mind, in politics, it's about increasing and decreasing expectations. Mm. And uh, the Republicans raised that bar. This is what we're going to do. They didn't do it. 
And uh, now the Democrats didn't do all of that, raise the expectations, lowering the expectations, and they maintained. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to look at it from that perspective, Democrats did okay. The Republicans didn't. Now, they maintained their, their uh, statewide offices and just increased some of them by, by margins, but who wouldn't expect that in a, ta in a, in a Republican state? Mm. Who wouldn't expect it? So, no, I, I think that uh, the Republicans have some soul-searching as well as Democrats now. We're not going to let the Democrats off the hook because they do need to improve on their messaging. Mm. Their messaging gets, and I talk. I they need talk to start about, on their messaging. They, not, they, not they, need to have, they, they need to have messaging, messaging. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Find messaging. Right. Well, yeah, they need to to start it, but they do come out with something. Right. It just never works, or the Republicans hijack it and turn it into a negative. Mm -hmm. But what do you think on South Texas? Well, yeah, the the only way Republicans win is if they draw the Latinos out of the district. The, the tremendous Latino vote uh, that they thought was going to go their way didn't go their way. Uh, you know, quite, uh, you had two incumbents, Cuellar and Gonzalez. You know, both experienced, although Gonzalez was in a different district. Yeah. You know, you both experienced incumbents who knew how to run. This was a really big win for Cuellar. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. They, they, you had people who who had been down there, who people knew, who were familiar in the valley, and the, and the turnout was low in those districts, despite the fact those were open congressional seats. You look at the turnout map, Brownsville, McAllen, you know, both of those seats, there wasn't that much turnout. Right. So it was going to be core vote, and the Democrats mm -hmm. won the day. And, and Vicente Gonzalez defeated Myra Flores, who won the special election, so right. she was technically yeah. an incumbent. Right. And then uh, Henry Cuellar, a longtime incumbent down there, pro-life Democrat. Right. And there was mm -hmm. a question whether he could uh, survive that after narrowly winning his primary, uh, which, was, which was a wild And night. the Democrat who lost was the hard left Bernie candidate. Jessica Cisneros, who, yeah. Jessica, who had, uh, you know, who had, uh, you know, who else? Bernie and someone else yeah, from, the, the, from the fringe of the party came. A number of progressive candidates yeah. were down there campaigning Right, and, and campaigning she for was her. too far left for that district. But I hate to do this, but we now we turn the page to 2024. Yeah. What are we looking at here in Texas? What do we look for here in Texas? Where do we look here in Texas to figure out what happens here in two years from now? I mean, it, everything is about what the big guy does or doesn't do. Yeah. Uh, does he run for president? DeSantis won in Florida, too. People are going to be wondering about him. Oh, sure. I mean, I, I think, I mean, it would be really a surprise if Trump didn't didn't run at this point. If does, he, do if you he, think Governor Abbott runs? Yeah, does Abbott run? That's the question. I does think. Abbott run? Does Cruz run? Does you Beto know, run you know, again? Cruz and Abbott are both making noise about running. We'll see both of them tromping around in, in cornfields, you know, and you know, up there checking out Iowa. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I think that you know, at the end of the day, it becomes you know, what Trump does or doesn't do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, in some ways, Cruz is not as good a candidate against Trump as Abbott is. Abbott has the calm managerial demeanor that poses a, a, a really a counterweight to Trump. It's tougher for Trump to belittle Abbott. That it is for him to just throw out nicknames. But, but what do you mean by that? Because we, Trump will, will clearly go after Abbott I think if Abbott decided to there's run. Some, there you know, there will be some sympathy for Abbott if Trump tries to go after him. Could, could Abbott survive a, a a Republican primary with today's I don't Republican know if base? Would win a Republican primary. Yeah. But I think that he that he's an interesting candidate if he chooses to run. He, he's an interesting candidate because he brings together the old establishment and, and a, a lot of the people who don't have a 
a candidate right now. Mm. And you just I, I, I think you can't overlook anyone from Texas or Florida in a presidential race. Mm. Jessica, what do you think? Does, does Abbott run? Cruz is already out there on a Ted Cruz is already out there on a 17 state book tour. Uh, he's been to Iowa. Everyone expects him to run again. But do you think well, Abbott decides to run? I think his book probably sells a lot better than his presidential ticket does. That's okay. Um, you know what? No, I mean, like, I, I don't know if I see Greg Abbott running. He's he's so very different in terms of demeanor from what the Republican Party has gravitated towards in recent years. I mean, even as he's moved farther right on in his positioning, he's not necessarily become a more vitriolic speaker or more enthusiastic or, or particularly angry in terms of like his treatment of the base or the media that has not really changed. He's just the same old dude he's been. Um, and, and, and so, you know, I, I don't know that, that he has that he has much of a place in, in like the future of the Republican Party, given its current given its its current positioning. Current state. What do you think, Bernadine? Greg Abbott, can you see him running for president? No. no. I think that he's happy and satisfied where he is. I don't think that he welcomes the type of campaigning that he would have to do. Hmm. I, and I and I know he could raise the money, but keep in mind now, he's going to be raising money against other nation, national Republicans. And um, But you know what, and I'm going to throw this out. Throw it out, Bernadette. Throw it, throw it. <laughs> I would be surprised if Trump ran. I, if he's, you, he's announcing on the 14th, no, right? No, he's got no, a date. No, 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 no. He said, I have an, uh, an announcement. He's announcing something. Yeah, we don't yeah. know what he's it is, but he's announcing something. something. And then he didn't do well during this tonight's election. He with didn't do with well. his candidates that with he his endorsed. Candidates. Yeah. Right. I would be surprised. I just don't see him going into it losing again. I, I just don't see it. And, uh, and if you look at the national vote, um, you have a lot of the voters who now they want to move away from the lies and the and keeping us in the past. So I would be very surprised. Now that could change. Remember, politics things change. That could change. But I would be very surprised if Trump want, ran. Now, as far as Cruz, who knows? Number one, but he needs to consider if he's out campaigning and someone throws a can and hits him. What does that say about? Well, you, and you're... it was all the booze before that yes. too. Yes. But this anyway. is in the city in which you live. L l let me ask a question about that. And I've never been to a World Series champion parade, but but do they normally have politicians in those parades? I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was a, the teammates and the former players and stuff like that. Well, I can celebrities, go dignitaries. By. You'd have you'd have the sitting United States in those? senator in a parade. Yeah, it's a, it's a risky proposition, though, if you're a polarizing figure. You know. Yeah. To get out there with a bunch of fans who, you know, may have been standing out there for a while and yeah. having a few. The risky proposition, everybody else is, you know, throwing beers and the Astros are, you know, drinking them, waving them around, you know, and celebrating. And they throw one at him and it's a, a, a crime, you know, and yeah. the, uh, I guess the you know, it, it just didn't, it didn't come off the same way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he, he, he does need like a little mm -hmm. uh, shield or something. When he's yeah, to, to carry with him. Here's my last question for Maybe you. Maybe that suitcase from Cancun. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Here's my last question. Biggest headline from the 2022 midterm elections. What do you think it is, Bud? We'll start with you. Um, you know, red wind, but not a red wave. Hmm. Nice. Spoken like a true no, newspaper that, that man. That is a huh? newspaper headline. That is great. Oh, man. Top that, I, Jessica. I, well, I can't. <laughs> I genuinely cannot, won't try. It would be embarrassing. And I also run a newsroom that covers voting stuff. 
And so I'm going to say that the headline for Texas is Harris County whiffs it again mm. um, in terms of election administration, line management, all those wonderful, fabulous things. That is a long headline. Whiffs uh, it again. Can yeah. we just say Harris County <laughs> whiffs, whiffs it, again. it again? Before we move to Bernadine on this, so I do have to ask you there, Jessica, you all cover the mechanics of voting and... Uh, you know, never has that been more important than it is in this day and age. Was there, do you get the sense, you know, because you have crews all over the country, was there a sense of relief tonight that things, that it was a little bit of a sleeper in a lot of cases? You know what, I, I really think that it was. You, you know, I, I've been covering the mechanics of voting for a long time, and something that election administrators across the country say to me is that, like, they, like, pray for... Uh, wide margins yeah. and like a, cl and a and a quick result because yeah. there are no problems and and you can you can have both of those things if the margins are wide if the if the mm -hmm. turnout is is low enough like and you can manage those expectations and I think what we got tonight was the most boring election mm -hmm. anybody could hope for and I mean that in in terms of the election administration, I mean that in like the most positive. And that's way a good possible. thing in that yeah, case. Yeah, I like I, I hope that no one remembers like what their voting experience was like in three days. Right, and and you know of course we may be getting ahead of ourselves because we don't know what it's going to be like in the days ahead as some of that vote is still being counted in some parts of the country, and who knows if it'll be accepted. Five thirty-eight, by the way, going into tonight said that uh, Texas had more election deniers on the ballot than any other state and most of them were in safe territory to be you know rubber stamp reelected uh, and I haven't counted to see you know where that landed but you know that was the prediction going into the night Bernadine your your headline for 2022 hmm. where do both parties go from here hmm. you think both of them have soul searching in Texas mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah but if, if Cause they both just I agree a win is a win but if I'm a Republican I'm like this was a good night this this was a great night for us. They won. Before, they met expectations. But, but, they, yeah. but they widened their margins from 2018. Jason, why did that's not what politics is about? You win, you win. But when you get out there and start, because look at races, especially those competitive races. If, if they start with these expectations, when they see those races going a different way, they start talking about bringing down expectations. Yeah. And when you don't reach, what, you're, what you have got out there and told everyone that you're going to do, you don't win. You might win that election, but you don't win the narratives. Mm. So and you're saying you needed to expand the number of seats that you have and, and the number of places where your reach is greater, not just expand your margin where you've already won. Yeah, especially the reach. Mm -hmm. Because as we talked about tonight, sooner or later, the Republicans are going to start losing because they're not expanding. They're, they they might be what they're and and Texas is still a low turnout state. Oh yeah. So what they're doing Beto is says, Beto says O'Rourke always says it's a non-voting state. It's not a red state. It's a non-voting yes, state. Yes. And and you know when we were down in the valley not long ago, a very smart professor down there said, if you saw the turnout in the major urban areas, like you see among white people in the rural areas this state would be a whole different state. Yes. It would be crazy competitive. And, and then the numbers on that too, Jessica, I think there were, what, 17 and a half million people registered to vote in this state, and the turnout was, what, 7 million, yeah. 7 and a half million, maybe for the midterm mm -hmm. election? Sure, yeah. I mean, it, Texas has, and has for decades, had among the worst voter turnout in the entire country. Um, and, 
and so, you know, Beto has a point, right? This is a non-voting state. Most people who are eligible to vote in Texas do not regularly vote, but most people who regularly vote vote Republican. Yeah, they right. vote Republican. Um, and, and, and so I think that, you know, I like my Democrat friends love to text me and call me and yell at me <laughs> and, and say, like, if we just turn out all of the people who don't vote but would vote for us if they did turn out, then we would win so much. And I'm like, okay, but you're not. Though. Yeah. yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. and and so I think that that's that's really the issue is that they they're probably right. If if they were better organized, if the state party, if the state Democratic Party oh. had a better campaign arm and wasn't an absolute disaster, um, or had a campaign arm, or had right? a campaign right. arm right. at all. Um, then, then perhaps they could capitalize on some of this lack of enthusiasm yeah. in the in the mm. Texas Republican Party. But right now, they're not, and mm. so we're going to stay a non-voting state until they can do that. And they need they mm. have some self-reflection to do. My closing thought is: do not sleep on this next legislative session. I guarantee you, it's going to have a lot of red meat in it uh, for the base because you know. Everybody got reelected and by wider margins. Yeah. And, and, and that'll be seen as a mandate. You watch. I, I think you're spot on on that. At the end of the day, the 2024 election is now underway. Yeah. Oh, yes. It is now underway oh, yes. with the midterm now behind us. The 2024 election is underway. Th- thanks for staying up late for the hangover episode. We have a few beers here that, that we had to crack open. I hope we can uh, uh, <laughs> stay awake. I'm taking these shoes back off. I'm going to lean back and sleep in this chair tonight. I know. It is a nice chair. We have to be up early in the morning. No. Bud, thanks so much for coming in as always. Congratulations on the milestone. Bud Kennedy from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Jessica Huzman from the uh, VoteBeat.org, the editorial director at VoteBeat.org. And Bernadine Steptoe already checking her messages now. I know. That's right. Bernadine's (laughs) looking at Google Maps, see how long it's going to take to get home. From WFAA, the political director, WFAA. (laughs) Thanks again. (laughs) Thanks. Hold on, Bernadine. No choke on that. On no, no choke on that one, Bernadine. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. 